evening and welcome to another episode of Under the Helmet. Tonight we need to talk about rivalries. I know in the APDFL you have the Lightning and Kings, you have the Blackhawks and either the Predators or the Patriots, but now you have a new rivalry. This is the Gulf Coast Gators versus the Central Florida Gators. Now, for those who don't know, the Central Florida Gators are a new team to the APDFL, and they have been making waves as far as talking and not as far as the actual playing games because we're about six months or so from the actual putting on of the helmets and having these games count. But they have made it their business to interject into the lead conversation, which it has rubbed some people the wrong way. It has annoyed some people. And for the rest of us, it has provided excellent content because these off these off seasons lulls are ridiculous. Like as some of you know, I also cover the Oakland Raiders and I'm not really here to want to talk about Antonio Brown's helmet. I have a bunch of things I'm gonna talk about and that ain't it. For me it's the want to see what these teams are about and you have two teams, one in Gainesville, one in Pensacola, who want to lay claim to the semi-pro version of the Gators' name. And they have been engaged in some very interesting conversation. It has been tense. It has been pretty serious. And they both want to play each other. I know that Bernard is good about scheduling teams, and these two teams will see each other. And my question is, I'm going to ask uh, Shedrick, the owner of the Central Florida Gators, when he comes on, one basic question. You're walking into a league with established teams, and some of your players have decided to get kind of spicy with, their, with their, what they're saying. And my thought is, how are we already here? But we'll get to that. See, we have a phone. We have a caller. Who's on the line? Uh, Eugene. Eugene. My man, Eugene Robinson. Edge rusher, Gulf Coast Gators. My man. Eugene, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. Now, I'm not sure if you hope you heard any of my opening, but I pretty much said how it's interesting how a new team, not not just the Central Florida Gators, but you have the Columbus Storm who've been talking talking even before the season ended. You have now the Orlando Phantoms who present an interesting challenge. Why do you think some of these new teams like to jump in and just talk when there's like six months in between games? I, I, I just talk to they might think like a confidence boost to like get their names out there to be on notice to be talked about. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, coming in and talking a lot and stuff and making these wild accusations isn't really good because now you got this, you know, this, uh, everybody's looking at you and eyeing you to take you out before you even get started. I agree with that. I mean, if you look at the geography of Florida, it's, as far as talent, there's a pretty diverse and vast array of talent. You have there in Gainesville, you guys are in Pensacola. Can you explain to the people at home where the differences in talent between Pensacola and Gainesville are as far as what types of players? Yeah, um, honestly, like, you're, the talent out here is so scarce, and, you know, Pensacola in this area out here because there's, like, tons of high schools and stuff, and then it's, like, in this area, it's more of a, a military town. And so it's more of like a tourism time. Like you don't really, you see people people come in and out. Whereas in like Gainesville, you kind of homegrown and you're there from like when you're born. Like probably most of your life, it's like everybody is there for a while. So you get to develop and get chemistry and this and that with, you know, different friends and stuff. And you kind of like settled in. Whereas here, like in high school, you might get like half your football team might transfer in your sophomore year, and then another half is gone by the time you're a junior or a senior. 
So you know, is because like so like a, a military time and stuff, you get people in and out all the time. Whereas you know, Gainesville stuff, it's just just a regular city, basically. Now, since I have you, I, since I have you in the line, I do want to talk about your recent additions to your squad. Now, you you added a defensive tackle in Timmy Hendricks. You you added our cornerback and Henry Rouse, and you added our running back slash quarterback and Matt Rouser. Now, you had a very interesting back and forth with Carl Davis about the whole loyalty thing as far as staying with the general, oh, same general, staying with the uh, Dolphins and going that 60-minute trip between Mobile and Pensacola. What was your point, and how do you think that talk went as far as trying to explain your side? Um, my whole point is that, you know, to me, if you're saying that everything gets deeper than football, like y'all, world deal, family stuff outside of football, you know, I feel like if they decide to move on to go do something, you should be happy in the fact that, hey, they're doing some. they feel like it's bettering themselves. Like they're doing something that might be a little bit the norm. They can get more exposure to something in another area and stuff, rather than just, just being stuck in like one place. Because I feel like, you know, if you're stuck in one place, you're going to keep getting the same results and stuff and keep, you know, basically getting the same, the same people going through the same motions every year, every year. Whereas, like, if you decide, hey, let me go over here and, you know, play on this team or let me go over here and venture to this or that, you might open up more avenues that you might find that, that break that you're looking for. And some people don't see that. They just see, like, oh, well, we grew up together, so you are obligated to stay here. You shouldn't leave. You shouldn't try to better yourself or nothing like to me, it's, it's like basically come off as being selfish. You know, I don't want you to be better. I want you to be stuck here with me or whatever. And I don't it think feels that way. To me, it feels that way because you have guys who definitely want to go off and explore their own territory and kind of go off and look into their, you know, look into the future where you have three talented players from the Dolphins who are now Gators. And that makes the Gators pretty much the odd, you know, one of the strongest threats to the Mississippi dynasty. And no matter what, you know, folks want to say, it's might come down to the two of you in that conference again, where if you look at what the Dolphins lost, do you think they lost too much to compete? Or do you think that those losses can be negated by coaching and an infusion of talent? I think they'll still be able to compete, you know, because they do have a you know good coaching staff, and they still have that that good core that you would need, you know, to build off of. And honestly, some of the guys that we got didn't even play last year, and so uh, they basically felt like you know, well, since you're from Mobile, if you're gonna play again, you gotta play Mobile. Whereas you know, now our team is composed of mainly Pensacola and Mobile guys. We don't really have, like, that many people, like, towards Navarre and, and Destin and Fort Walton Beach and stuff no more. That's why we kind of transferred over to Pensacola to make it easier because, like I say, half our team is basically not from Mobile and stuff. And they're all still friends and stuff. They all grew up together. They all play together and this, this and that. So, in a way, you can still say they tend to be still being loyal because they're still going with people they consider brothers or they, like, maybe blood family or just grew up together and stuff. And I see that you guys had, you know, made a arrangements to bring over um, Harry Burke. For those who don't know, Harry Burke is one of the probably the best kept secret in the one of the better kept secrets in the APDFL. Off, like a linebacker of the year, just solid, solid player, like outstanding player. Makes his reads smart, has that knack for the ball. How did you all manage to? Uh, Rangel Harry down near the Pensacola. Uh, honestly, that one was kind of a surprise to me too. You know, um, I know I talked to him a little bit. You know, when we had the the banquet and stuff, and it's one of the things where people just want to venture out. You know, they make you tired of situation at the end. They may feel like for them, it's you know, it's better if they move on and like you know, try other avenues. And he seeing how our, you know, our team was building up and, like, working towards getting closer and closer to a ring. 
a lot of people know this is like our second year basically together. Yeah, we've all played together somewhere on different teams, but as a Gator team, this is our second year. So to getting as far as we're going and he's seeing how, you know, 30 and, and stuff our team is and our, our coaching stuff and all that, you know, it just appealed to him and he decided to come over. Now, when you look at the the concept of the defense now and, at, and adding Harry, what does a player like Harry do do for you as an like you're you're an edge rusher, but what does Harry's uh, presence do for you now? Um, it actually makes my job a uh, a lot easier because it gives me more room to actually attempt to do more things, you know, pass rushing wise or I can now I have more confidence to be like, okay, no more supposed to contain, but on this play I might dip inside, and knowing that he's behind me and he's going to basically make me correct, it, it gives me a lot more confidence to uh to try more things and play a bit outside of the system just a little bit. Because now you have a defense with him, uh, Isaac Warren. That's a pretty good combination. I mean, he's uh, Perry and Isaac. Can you? Kind of talk about where you think that the two of them, where they would fit together, or like what the uh, chemistry would be like, like with them. I feel like they're gonna be real good together because they're both high IQ players, and they're they're gonna talk because Isaac, his he loves to talk, he loves to communicate, and I thought that they both do that. So they're gonna play off each other to where it's kind of like second nature, and they both play off instinct. And I feel like that's going to work well for us and, and help us out in the long run, especially when playing against a team like the Dynasty and stuff, and it also gives us more depth. And, you know, and it's, that's what you need playing against a team like the Dynasty. Now, with the teams like the Dynasty, like they, you know that they'll be looking at the Gators and they'll be looking at the pretty much the competition for the throne. Is there a team right now that you want to like, like get that before you before you get to Dynasty? Is there a team that you want to go through to get to them? I definitely want this new Gator team. First and foremost, I definitely want them. They come in talking so so much trash. When I was like, honestly, I'm not impressed. Like, I haven't seen the film or anything yet, but just hearing some things that they're saying and, and how they're talking and stuff, yeah, I'm not impressed. So I'm ready to just shut them up quick. I saw and, one that one clip of the long pass. Like, the quarterback does have a strong arm. I'll give him that. But yeah. I just I just didn't see how, one, if they were playing against a defensive line that was awful, where you have yeah. the when you have the edge rusher falling down on the ground, not and you have the two interior tackles not going up, but they're standing there. They're straight up standing yeah. there. He had all day to throw it. And I'm like, uh, that's not going. That's not going to really happen in this league because a lot of the defensive line talent is. There's a good pass rush pretty much on every team in this league, at least a serviceable one. Yeah, definitely. And like I try to break it down to him, and I try to tell him like. You over here bragging about this play, and I literally broke it down how that would be a sack. I'm like, first of all, the DB was trash. We, you come to ADPFL, we have just many good D linemen. We're most of us are great because we're good because of the back end. They're giving us time. Like a lot of sacks I had this year, I had to give credit to my DBs because most of them like coverage sacks. So I got time to make a move and get back there, whereas, you know, you have some teams that if you don't have no good back end, you will see it because they get not one, two stuff to get the ball out. You can't get a pass rush. I don't care how good you are. I don't care who you are. You're not going to get back there if they taking one stuff and throwing the ball out. No, that's that's the part that teams and people don't really understand that. If you have a back four that can cover well, that makes the guys up front, the edge rushers, the defensive tackles, the defensive ends, able to get home just that that much quicker. Where a lot of teams in this league will sit there and, yeah, they'll have a, a good pass rusher, but they won't have anybody in the backfield. And if you only have one good pass rusher, that guy's going to get blocked. If he gets blocked, the play is over because you're about to get roasted. 
Yeah. Now, what's the one thing that you see that um that some of these new teams will have to learn on the fly? Like one, the first thing they'll have to learn, like first day of school type stuff. Um, the first thing is, I would say that they're gonna have to realize that just like they feel like they're good, or that they have players that other teams have the same thing if not better. And a lot of people are blinded by that because they feel like, especially the, the teams that's coming out of winning like championships and stuff and other leagues that are not as big as ours, they feel like they just come in and do the exact same thing like the Dynasty did. They first year, they thought they would come in they just won champion the other year in the other league. They come in and realize, hold up, you know, they just as good if not better than us right now. So that first initial year, they, they basically got humbled a little bit, and then they came back, you know, regathered themselves, and then started making their run. And a lot of teams don't realize that. They feel like they can just keep going off of what they did in the past. They don't work that way. No, that's, that's, that's the tough part where teams don't really understand that, yes, you won the this league, but you don't have the, the wherewithal to win at this one. While while we wait for the Central Florida rep to uh, call, I got a few questions for you, Gene. Um, when you look at the basic structure of Florida, as far as the Jets, now you got Gold Gator teams, you have the Florida Phoenix, you have the Phantoms, you have apparently the East. Pensacola Raiders. Is that supposed to be a thing now again, or I'm not sure? One of your former teammates was supposed to start that team? Yeah. As far as we know right now, it's a thing. So. Now, Pensacola is not, I mean, it's big, but it's not huge. Who are those teams you think will suffer the most as far as being able to attract talent? Um, I think the suffering the most would be getting line, quality linemen to play because that's the hardest thing to get. You can get skilled guys all day to come out there, but the hardest thing to recruit, especially in this area, is quality linemen, especially to play O-line because everybody wants to play D-line. Everybody wants to play defense. And, you know, it's hard to find somebody who's actually, you know, going to actually want to dedicate themselves to playing O-line and put in it all without having to see defense. Because a lot of people out here, you know, they're like, okay, I'll play online, but I want to play some defense too. If I don't play defense, I'm not going to play. And that's the biggest struggle I feel like, especially like the, the lesser teams, that's going to have to deal with getting quality line. Now, you guys seem like you have that, you know, you have it pretty well at hand where you have a pretty deep offensive line, uh, a fairly deep offensive line in, Apparently, like 15,000 skill position players. Now that you have yeah. Matt Rouser, who's a guy who can play a little uh, quarterback, who's going to primarily be a running back, explain how serious that run game now is with Rouser, Tyrone Jones, Davis, everybody. Green. Yeah, it's going to be crazy because, it's like I said before, when you're going against quality teams, like, especially like the Dynasty and like the Cobras and, you know, the, some of the couple of Louisiana teams, the one thing that people really don't realize is that if you want to beat these good teams, you got to stay fresh. That's why a lot of these teams are good because they're able to rotate and keep their people fresh and you're not running them into the dirt. So by us getting these, you know, extra running backs and stuff, we're able to actually just run and just wear people down by just pounding the ball to where we don't got to throw it, you know, 50, 60 times a game to try to keep our, our couple of running backs uh, fresh. Now we can just rotate them in, just keep moving the ball, pounding the ball all we want. Especially like getting size now, because we didn't have that much size last year at running back. Now we got quality guys with size and speed. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Now we are also joined by Central Florida Gators owner Shedrick Burley. Shed, how are you doing, my man? Shed, how you doing tonight? Nope. Guess we can't hear Shed. Um, 
let me see if everything's all right with the mic. But with with everything going on, Gene, can you give me three things that you're looking for in part of the season? Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is uh putting in more work to build off of what we done last year and to finally get over that hump. You know, to finally get the championship and, you know, win it. That's the end goal to win it. You know. And also to for me to better myself and build off of what I personally did because, you know yeah, I did I feel like I did good somewhat, but I feel like I didn't do what I could have done. So, you know, I've been trying to put in the work to gain this weight and stuff and, you know, better perfect my craft and stuff like that. And also, just the, I'm also looking forward to like the overall season. I feel like it's more balanced with some of these new teams and stuff coming in and some of the other teams starting to combine and stuff and to, you know, finally get into one that of having like eight teams in one city. Everybody finally, you know, coming to pick a bond and, and it's going to be a great season. I'm looking forward to actually having some good competition this year. Now, do you think that the league is now overly saturated with talent, or is it still kind of one of those things that you're not, you think that the league can still improve talent-wise? I feel like it's, it's improved talent-wise. And I feel like, you know, like I said, with a lot of these teams combining, I feel like it's not so much one-sided anymore. Like, it's going to be, you know, great games and stuff basically every week. It's not going to be like, oh, you know, we should bully people by, like, 30 points. You know, I feel like we don't have that feeling anymore talking about like we did in the past because now we're about combining and stuff. It's going to be much greater competition, which is also going to raise everybody's, you know, individual talent. Now, as a defender, do do you see the offenses in the league becoming more complicated, or do you think people are going to rely on the basics? Mm. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it might get a little bit more complicated. You know, they're going to try to start throwing off, you know, defenses and stuff like that, because I feel like they, they, if they try to keep it too simple, it'd be easy to catch on. So you might start seeing, like, a few more, you know, gadget plays this year, you know, and you might actually see people actually, like, coaching coaches and a lot more adjustments and stuff throughout the game. Now, with being one of the defensive leaders now, I know that you mentioned how strong and stout your back four are. Can you explain the leadership of Rico Ruffin and what he brings to the team? Uh, he definitely brings a lot. You know, uh, having him this year, I saw a huge difference in the the defense and in, in like a whole. Like I've seen people like more energized and more ready to play. If I like last year or our first year, JB Times is like you know we got our backs against the wall and stuff. You kind of see people start kind of shut down a little bit, and having him, he boosts our morale to where like. Let's say we threw a pick or something, you wasn't so down about it. It wasn't you were people weren't really getting angry. It was like, all right, let's go ahead and get this ball back for offense. And I feel like he just brought a, a better balance to our defense to keep everybody level headed and make sure we're still on the right track. There you go. We are also joined by my co host Matt Kelly. Matt, what's going on? What's going on, Terry? What's up, Gino? Not much, Matt. Now we as we wait for uh we having uh technical issues with uh, Shedrick from the Central Florida Gators. I know that we've seen a bunch of new teams who decided to make their presence known. Central Florida being one Absolutely. of them. The, the Absolutely. Phantom being one of them. The Columbus Storm being one of them. Now, the Columbus Storm, I need to have a moment about them because they were talking even before the season ended. And my thought is this. How are we going to start talking all this mess 
when y'all haven't played a minute in this league, when the league right. was and, in the playoffs. And, and, and um, well, I'm gonna find, I'm I'm about to find out if they the truth. They got a uh, they got a game next week, and uh, we're gonna see how uh, how real they are. You you've been practicing eight months for this game. They they but I I know the buzz saw they finna run into. Who so, uh, who they playing? They they uh I think they playing two games to be uh I think they playing Columbus State and then they're playing the Doughboys. And if you don't know who the Doughboys are, that is the Army Rangers semi pro football team. Oh God. And um I've played against them. And you're talking about some guys who train all day for war, and then they go back in the afternoon and train all uh, for three hours for football every day. And there's nobody out of shape. <laughs> uh, so we we should we should we should see. Uh, Charles has a pretty good football mind, but. Uh, you know, I know a lot of the guys that are over there that play. We all from the same town. Uh, we're gonna see what they have. I'm, I'm interested in, in all the teams. I've I've uh, been thoroughly entertained by the by the trash talking and uh, <laughs> and, and and all the other little stuff. So you know, it's 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 a whole lot. A lot of people come over to the APDFL, and they, and, you know, they be like, "Oh, well, the dynasty won it again." Blah blah blah. Y'all, uh, y'all did this, but they don't re- they don't realize how many buzz saws are really in this league. And um, you know, it's it's great. The you know, confidence is half the battle, I guess. You, you gotta if nobody else gonna believe in you, you gotta believe in yourself. And that's just how I feel about that. <laughs> now, my my thing is, it's like you know, I'm I'm all for confidence, but there there are folks who are like getting real spicy about their team. But it's like, you know, I mean, calling out the dynasty. Every team in this league who have played the dynasty, who have been in this league, know what they bring. Those those men do not play. They're 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 not they're not really here for play play. And they want to defend that title again, and it's like to call them out early. I'm like, oh, you gotta. Re-. It's like playing a video game, like an old school like uh, Mortal Kombat. You have to go through all these other fights before you get to the final boss. And I mean, we have absolutely, start- absolutely, absolutely. And we have got, people. They too. got. They got teams. They they gonna have to go through. It's all going up that road, come, going that way toward Pearl, Mississippi, before you talk about just calling them out. And then I, I look at it like this, too. If you, uh, you know, what have you done? What, I, I respect every team in this league, but when you come in and and start calling folks out. I want to know what you've done to, 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 to be that stout, to call them out. Who have you played? You know, I've seen, I seen, uh, seen one what? team that's coming in that was talking, and you came out the, IA, the IAFL. It's telling me everything I need to know if you didn't win it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, if uh, – Two teams that left the APDFL because uh, they were getting uh, ran to the woodshed, and they went undefeated over there. And then you come over here and you want to talk, brother? <laughs> you better be uh, you just just come on. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's for me. It's it's. I want to see the best for the best, but and I, I like I said, I love confidence, Gino. But it's like. We just had one of the better seasons in league history, and some of these new dudes need to understand that. I mean, y'all just can't walk in like come in and respect when you haven't accomplished anything. Do right. you think that's a com- yeah. do you think, uh, Gino? Do you think that's a com- combination of overconfidence or a lack of respect for the teams that came before you? Like, I think it's overconfidence because, like I say, like they feel like. 
they accomplished something in the past, so they just got this overhype about themselves. They feel like they could go anywhere and take on anybody, and that's not the case. Because they kept, when I was talking to them, the thing, they kept talking about how they played in a bunch of, like, Florida League. I'm like, so you're telling me you only played Florida teams. You haven't played anybody from any other state. You've just been playing Florida teams. That, that doesn't impress me because it's watered down. Like, I haven't seen anybody from a Thank league you. that was just specifically to one state come in here and do anything. Absolutely. And then yeah. what's it going to be like when you when you got to travel for real? That's what I'm looking at. When, yeah. when, when Bernard dropped that schedule, and uh, I know, Gino, I think you were playing for um, the Scorpions then, but – you know, when you got to be like first coast fire and your first game in Mississippi, or yeah. <laughs> uh, who was it? Uh, East Lake, the team out of Tampa Bay, a few years ago, the War Eagles. You know, what are you gonna do when uh, you got to drive to Atlanta, or you got to come over to Birmingham and play a game? You know, you we, we all know it's about how you travel. Right, or you got to go to New Orleans. We all know it's about how you travel. You know, we know everybody, you're going to be, 90% of the time you're going to be full force at home game. It, it, but you got to be a road warrior in these leagues. And when you yeah. hadn't played outside your league, they don't realize it's a different type of beast. Because people don't tend to realize that, just like Max said, that you're on the bus. It's a long trip. It's a long trip. You'll be tired when you get off the bus because you got to sit on the bus for like five, six hours. And it takes something different. Like, both of y'all have gone into New Orleans and have won recently. Like, it's a long trip. That is a long, long ride from wherever you are. And some of these teams, you know, it's not like going from Orlando to Port St. Lucie or Orlando to Jacksonville. You're crossing state lines. You're crossing time zones. You're crossing yeah. a whole bunch of roads, and it's like it's one of those things where I don't think that some of these teams, some of these new teams, have that thought of, oh, we got to travel too. Like, to their credit, this past season the Cobras traveled well for the first time, and from what I've heard, a very long time. They traveled very well, and they traveled deep, and they got far in the playoffs. And it's one of those things that if you don't travel well, you're not winning in the playoffs. You're not winning. You might as well go. You might as well just pick up the t-shirt and go home. Now, Gino, to you, like some of these newer teams have a lot of younger players. What is the biggest adjustment from high school ball or college ball that they'll have to make to the APDFO? Um, realizing that, you know, everybody is just as good as you are. When you're in high school, it's easy to be that standout player. And the one thing I learned when I went to college, it's like, you know, in high school, you might be that guy in your area. You know, you might be that go-to person on your team. But then you get to college, you you just blend in. You're like, you're not that guy, like, like talking about. Some people are, but you still get there and you're like, you know, this person just as fast as I am. This person just as big as I am. Like, he's bigger than me. He's faster than me. When I was in high school, you know, I was the fastest person. I get here, and I'm like the 10th fastest person on the team. But in high school, I was burning everybody. And that's what they have to get used to is that, you know, coming to the league and, you know, play, come out of high school and stuff, you're, you're not going to be that guy anymore. you got to be humbled a little bit and realize that, hey, you know, somebody is actually better than me now. Somebody are just as good as me. I can't do what I used to. Now, my, you know, it's now, Matt. You made the, you also made the transition from playing in Auburn to playing, in, you know, in arena to semi-pro. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make? Pretty much just what, uh, pretty much what Gino said. It's a lot of you have to. You have to humble yourself first off when you when you when you get there, because you got to realize you're not that man. But then you get, you got to. Uh, I tell like when I coach my kids now, you have I tell them all the time you have to realize you may be the man here, but when you get to school, 
everybody that's there that's on scholarship is also the man from from where they from. Mm-hmm. So you, you gotta you gotta have all type of work ethic, a, a much better work ethic, and a and a whole type of determination not to fail. But the biggest adjustment I had to make from high school um, to college was I could. In high school, it was some teams, you know, you would play and you could be lazy a little bit. You could take a playoff here and there. You know, you might be like, man, I take, I can take this little playoff and it'll be okay. Or uh, you can say, oh, yeah, we know we're supposed to run through this team and we're going to run through them. And you go, you know, their speed probably went up the part or stuff like that, or they may not as trained like you have. When you got to college, everybody's got state-of-the-art stuff. Everybody trains hard. Everybody trying to get to the next level. It is uh, – the speed of the game is totally different. You uh, – and with a lot of guys, you see it, they can't catch up to the speed of the game in college. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of guys flame out. That's why you see a lot of five-stars flame out. They, um, the speed of the game is tremendously faster. It is a lot harder hitting. Um, you better have good technique because you're gonna get exposed quickly. And it's a it is a lot more. Uh, it's a very very big mental aspect to the game as well because now you can't just rely on athleticism. We had a guy that played with us at Auburn, one of my good friends, um, Monte Pitt. He a legend from where we were around. Monte is probably one of the fastest guys you ever seen. But if you go look on any old game, Montez constantly got burned. And everybody in the SEC knew he was probably the fastest guy in the SEC. But the problem was his technique was horrible. His his mental aspect of the game was horrible. So they would just beat him. And I remember we played Ole Miss, and he just got drugged by Bill Flowers out there, just beating over and over and over. And Bill Flowers probably the slowest receiver in the SEC we felt like we saw him in track season, and <laughs> we found out he was just as fast. But um, those, those are the things you have to make adjustment. With arena ball, the same thing was going to college. From college to arena was arena is ten times faster. You know, <laughs> you got a split second to make a decision if you're gonna jam this man or you're gonna try to run with him. And if you can't adjust to the speed of the game, the physicality of the game at each level, you are not gonna be successful. Now, I mean, with that said, we have to focus on, you know, we had talked about teams who come in and kind of, kind of talk a little bit early. Let's talk about, you know, established players and teams who shouldn't be talking. Gene, how do you know to you which team and player whines too much for their talent level? Who who should talk less and play more? That's a good one. Uh, trying to see. Matter of fact, we got into it a lot last year. I personally felt like at running back, Jay Hicks from the dynasty should have talked way less than what he did. Because I personally wasn't impressed. Like that's like when we played him the first time. That's a couple times I felt like I'm like okay. I'm probably gonna get trucked right here, but I'm just gonna take this lick. And then as you know, he's like he basically gets stood up by me. And then like he's talking and talking and talking. I'm like, dude, you're not doing nothing. Like I'm chasing him down this and that. And like to me, it looks like you talked all this trash to do this performance. Everybody saying that. Everybody telling me that. Oh no, he's that guy. He's that guy. But then we play, and I'm I'm easily taking him down and stuff. That's a a couple times. Like you know, he did get the best of me a little bit. Like. Drag me like a couple yards, but then he's getting tackled. That that'd be one yeah. I would say. Like he just takes the linebacker. Wow. Well, uh, Matt, who's the one? Who's one guy that should play more and talk less? Okay, because we. Met, I, I, met, I mean, I'm right here. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I had on mute. I, I have. Uh, I have to go with one of my one of my old teammates. He uh, loves him like a brother. But I'm, I'm gonna say this. 
because I saw him whining about uh, All-Star Selection. Robert Adams from the Blackhawks. <laughs> I heard somebody <laughs> sigh. <laughs> uh, I played with Robert in Montgomery for uh, a couple of years, and Robert just got to get out of his own way. But he he taught, he taught, he taught. And uh, I don't know if y'all remember last year when he blew up on one of his coaches when he was in Prattville. But, okay, that same coach was also his teammate just two years before that that played on played on the same team with us. So, you know, I, I know him pretty well. And, you know, uh you know, so it's a funny little saying that say, "I hope uh, somebody loves me as much as Kanye loves Kanye." You know, and that's Robert right there. <laughs> he he wants somebody to love him as much as love love him as much as Kanye. And uh, and when he played us, I will give him. He had a pretty good game against us, and. Uh, but I, I know too. I told him we we didn't have our regular time did, but that's no excuse because he still he the man that lined up in front of him he he beat him twice, but uh, once for a score and another uh, another uh, time for a big game. But uh, you know I I told him I said hey man you got to get up in him. I said you put your hands on him, he'll shut down. And uh, he he talked a lot. He he I see him whining sometimes on Facebook. I'd be like man you better than this. So he definitely wanted need to stop talking or go put up a thousand yards. You know, you ask for an all-star <laughs> nod off of two games. <laughs> so you, you gotta wow. you gotta do better than that. You gotta do better than that, man. Now, Gene, which so, team as a whole, like if you had to look to teams who shouldn't talk at all, which team talks too much? Uh. There's a couple. I mean, towards the end, like towards the championship, and after that, the Cobras, they started talking too much for me. But in the beginning, it was definitely was the Jets. They was getting on my nerves. They Fred well, between Fred and some other players just talking and talking and getting beat down every week. And then the only thing you got to fall back on is, oh, but we got sponsors. Yeah, I was just like, just just give up. Just stop talking. Just show up, play, don't say nothing else because you're just not competing with anybody. Especially in Florida in the past. Like nobody really gives them credit for anything. They Did great you play them? Yeah, we beat them down. It was bad. We played the Jets and it was it was bad. Was that the game you had a touchdown? Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't. I didn't play the halftime too. And then then they they beat the what was the other little team the new the new team the Florida Phoenix that's what they beat like twice right. Yes. Yeah. They they, beat, they went on like a winning streak in the beginning and then they played us and then like we just beat them down and after that they didn't do much of anything. Yeah, that's no. because I think they played the Florida Phoenix twice, Selma twice, and then y'all. And then the savages, right? It was something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's when they had, like that's when they got to fight a couple of games after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was something like that. And somebody yeah, pulled out like the you, weapon. You can't, you can't brag on yeah. playing mediocre teams. Like, no, don't do that. Like, I look at a team like Selma, and I like Chuck. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Moore does a good job with the squad he has. I. They just need a couple more players, and they, huh, like, they're fun to watch because they play hard. And they have talent there. Kawatney Ward is a player. So is, what is it, Chapel and uh, Bryant Smith? Is that, yeah, Bryant Smith? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They have they have talent there. Just a couple more players, and Chuck has it. Which team do you see? Actually, first, Matt, let me ask you a question. Which team should say less? And then, and then we'll get to the positive question. What was that, Terry? Which team should talk less, in your opinion? 
Um, I'm a, I'm gonna go with the new, the newbies because I ain't seen you do nothing yet. Uh, Central Florida Gators. Now, we were Central, supposed to have. You know, go ahead. When you, when, but, well, this this is my problem. I'm all for the good sports and banner. You can talk all this stuff. You beat me. You can talk. I just gotta live with it. Stuff like that. But when you calling out teams left and right, it's just like. What have what have you done that that demands the respect? You remember this time last year when the when the Georgia Kings, oh yeah, first showed yeah. up, and <laughs> I mean it's like deja vu. I'm like man, we've seen this story before. <laughs> yeah, also and then that you run out here. Yeah, yeah. That one guy from the Seminoles, he kept talking, 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 and ended up folding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, now, and you know you 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 see this and you, they keep going going and going and he's like, all right, all right, but then when the commissioner classic come around or that first full week of game, and somebody go outside their head, then it's like, oh man, we we, we weren't quite ready yet. We weren't quite ready yet. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> the uh, Crescent City Kings smashed the Georgia Kings at the commissioner classic. It all came down to one play. It was a run play where the center oh, of the – When he went up the middle. When he went up the middle. Got home, <laughs> went up the middle, and had his soul snatched. The ball <laughs> the, the ball came loose. Sean Jones picked it up and ran to the house. And I was like, oh, this game is all the way over. So, Terry, let me, let me tell you about that play because, uh, you know, we played the game before them. And and they played at uh, my home field, my high school, my high school field, stuff like that. But I stayed. So when we saw that, when that play happened, that was one of the plays. And it's another play you have to see. They just told you how this game was gonna go. When he hit old dude, the rest of us that was left from EAP got up and left. <laughs> we said, we said, man, we seen enough. Uh, they were so busy with all the other teams that were in the stands talking to the teams in the stands, trying to tell them what they were going to do. And I remember uh, Joe Vines telling their DB, like, hey, look, man, Jairus can throw. You might want to pay attention. And he's like, man, he throw it on his side and we'll pick it off. The very next play, Jairus throws a dime right over his head mm-hmm. for a touchdown. And so we started laughing. Right. Then they get the ball back. And you know the play happened with Sean, and we like, you know they they telling us the game ain't over. Yes, it is. <laughs> we seen we seen everything we needed to see. <laughs> we we was like man, we t- uh we told Bernard as we walked out, man, this is the game you saved for last. <laughs> that man, got, that man got hit so hard, his cleats had CTE. It was so bad. It was. I mean, he hit him with just some force. And, like, oh, no, the the ball came loose. Like, it wasn't even touched. And Sean just picked up the run. Like, this game is over. I'm like, should I even watch the rest? I'm like, it's kind of my job, too. So, you know what, Damon? I guess I'll, I'll watch the rest. But we were supposed to talk to Shedrick Burley, and I know that sometimes with certain phone planes and certain phones don't really connect with our system. But via text, he has sent me – a message. I had asked him this basic question. What do you want? I'll listen to stuff about your franchise. He said that they were established in 2003. They started as the Gainesville Thunder. They won two league championships, the Diamond League and the SSFL. Is that the Sunshine State Football League? I don't I know. Don't... It's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Now, he, he's responding more, and I'm I'm going to ask him a question about the talking because I will give him credit. Shedrick was the one who actually sought me out and wanted to talk, and he was like, you know, like, he was about it. He, as an owner, I respect that. Where you have, I'll be honest, a lot of owners, uh, how do I say this nicely, run from us. Right. Shedrick continues with, became the Thoroughbreds in 2005. They lost the conference championship, the SEFL, to the Knights of Miami. They returned to win championships in 2006, 7, and 8. They won a national championship against Hardin County Wolverines. 
and the Central Penn Piranhas in the in Palm Beach. Now, Central Penn Piranhas were in the GDFL. They, if this is the same team, we Central well, we Penn was good. Central, yeah, we played Central Penn. We uh, we we lost them in the final four in the GDFL. They were and they they were a team. It didn't matter where you was at in the country. They traveled. You can be in Wyoming, and they were gonna show up full squad ready to play. So Quick story. Yeah, that's, that's, what they, that's what. That if that's true. I mean, it's funny. Their defensive line coach is a friend of mine. She is now the assistant defensive line coach at the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can shoot her a text and ask her about the. Let's see. Back then, they were the thoroughbreds. So I'll ask them about them. But yeah, I don't, I don't I know that I, one. No, I said that I'll give Shedrick all the credit in the world. He's answering questions. Like I said, a lot of owners, gee, do you know why? I'm going to ask you as a player. Why do players, like some players and some, team, some teams, duck coming on here? Uh, that's a great question. I just talk it up to, like I would say, it just sounds good on Facebook. Like, they they do it just for the just just for the looks of it. Like sometimes I don't really think they be believing what they be saying. They just say it just because it sounds good and look good, and they feel like it's gonna get them like brownie points. And I don't know, they I don't know, but internet guys. I mean. Yeah, basically, because either say something on Facebook and like you know getting on here. It's just like being face to face. Like you can say stuff all the time behind somebody's back, but when they confront you about it, it's like, are you gonna say the same thing to their face? And that's basically how I feel about it. It's like they can say it on Facebook all day, but when it comes to like getting on this podcast or like seeing them actually at the game or whatever, it's a whole different story. I mean, Matt, you you know more players in this league, more players I do. Like sometimes we have an effort trying to get some of the newer teams on here or some of the other teams because they. They'll tend to disappear when I ask them, hey, do you want to join the podcast for now? No. Right. They'll, like, they'll come up with all – it's all type of stuff, but some people won't show up. My thing is, if you said it, stand on it. Yeah. You, you know, that's it. And then if you're wrong at the end of the day, be a man and say, you know what? I said this. I was wrong. And I respect who proved me wrong, and we going on about our business. Exactly. Now, Gene, to you, uh, Gino, who is the one player not on your team that doesn't talk but, but should? Like, who should talk more? Like, who is that, who's that guy that should say more? Mm, that's a couple people. One, uh, you know, I guess you say he's retired now, but Sean? From the Kings, mm-hmm. he didn't talk. He wouldn't really talk to me, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to talk to him just now, but he was like, he was just humble. He wasn't nothing, but I'm seeing this man just throw people around and stuff, going on both sides of the ball, and like the stuff that he was doing, I I was just like, yeah, if I was him, I definitely would talk way more than I do now, and everybody know I talk a lot, and also the little the. Running back, I want to say from the red page in New Orleans, number four. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, T. Glenn. T. Glenn. Yeah, T. Glenn is speedster, man. That man is nasty. Like, when he broke that long run on us, even even us on the sideline, we was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he gone. He gone. And But like, he doesn't now, talk. No, he doesn't say too much. And now that he's found a new home with the Kings, that'll be an interesting team right there. Um, Matt, who's the one player you think should talk more? Like, should say, hey, I am this guy. I am this guy. I I definitely agree with Gino about Sean. Because um, when we played the Kings, I had a – for a while I felt like I was just able to walk up the middle anytime I wanted to to make a tackle. And Sean came over the guard. And, I mean, he stopped that up. He, he made me readjust the whole defense to what they were doing. Because he was just like, man, man, I can't let you keep doing that. That he, I mean, he did that. Um, I definitely agree with T. Glenn. I actually got two on the rampage that that should talk. 
Teague Lynn, and, and, and you know I'm, who I'm going to say, Terry, Justin Collins, the receiver. Yes. And that's because, like Gino said, uh, you know, you experienced one long run against, we saw it at the very first game. This man ran right off the tackle, untouched for, for uh, a 52-yard touchdown. And it looked like we were running in slow motion. That was, that was the same. That was, he, we saw him get the ball, and it looked like you just look from the, from the camera angle, and it's just like, man, it looked like we didn't even move. And then um, Justin, I mean, he was killing us in the, in the, in the scene. And then I saw him kill teams up and down uh, the field all year. Uh, it's a it's a it's a few uh, Warren down there with y'all, uh, you know. He he don't talk much, but yeah, the boy the boy film speak for itself. Carlos don't talk much. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, you got to make him talk. We, yeah, and you know, and you don't even know, you beside that he. Making a million tackles on you don't even know he on the field because he don't he don't get into a lot of it. Uh, Wells and Robinson with the Blackhawks, them two that don't talk, but Jesus, if they if they get mad, yes, uh, uh, it's a lot. It's, it's 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 a few more that could, could that could talk on there, and you know what? Yeah, J. Like, they, de- they deserve. Yeah. They don't. They don't say nothing. You and if they didn't, and if they don't say nothing, they can talk every little bit they want to. Because they they gonna come out and they gonna back it up all the way. From what I hear, Lewis Ellis should talk more. He doesn't really say much. He just kind of throws people away and gets to the quarterback. Like you don't see too many interior defensive tackles get like eight sacks. But to continue with the interview with. Shedrick, he also said, can I ask him a question, why the APDFL? What made you decide to change league? He said that he's been talking to Bernard for, for about four years, and he played in the summer league against the uh, Cobras, the Lightning, the Jets, South Georgia, and they always wanted to make the move. They just felt right at this point. And they think that they can beat the – like, to be the best, you got to beat the best, and they think this league is the best, which – I mean, he makes this case, fellas, he makes his case clear. Like, he, he makes the case honest where just from these these words, he's not really talking a whole bunch of noise. He's just kind of being real matter of fact. I kind of like that. Like, he, as owners go, he's one of definitely the calmest. Like, like one of the calmer. Like, he's not going to sit there and engage in a whole bunch of foolery. Yeah. But one of the teams I want to see make a splash are the Raptors. Like, you hear you hear a little thing. From Birmingham? Little, the Steel City Raptors? Yes. I want to see them do more. Like, I want to see them make more of a presence where I can look online and see, okay, EAP has a practice on this time. The Alligator uh, assigned eight, 18 more players on, on Friday. Like, News and notes where these teams have such a strong social media presence where you know what they're doing. The Raptors have a guy named Felipe Henderson. Felipe is a player, and it just it's rough because he doesn't get the acclaim that he deserves. Like he can play this game. It's just some of these teams don't do their players right by keeping them unknown. Gino, who's the one on? Unknown guy that you expect to have big things happen in 2019. Uh, oh, sorry, not 2020. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, if they combine, like I think that if if he actually plays. I know that, like I said, the, the Rampage, their quarterback, he's actually pretty nice. He has a, a good arm on him. So I, I personally want to see him uh, get on a team and actually, you know, have an O-line. And I want to see what he can do. Because I feel like he could be one of the, the good quarterbacks in this league if he actually has some protection and stuff. It's funny how you mention that because uh... – 
he'll have a good offensive line as the backup in probably either with the Lightning or with the Kings, where I think what's going to happen is they're going to split the rampage up and kind of, you know, choose which players go where. If the Lightning, if the Kings catch a bunch, like, because they have, they have um, uh, Carlos Kohler and a couple of ex-Lightning players, the Kings are looking to, you know, build that, that monster in New Orleans. Yeah. Matt, That's a team I want to see. That's a Yes, that's a team that, because I'm thinking between the Gators, the Dynasty, and the King, that's a good three-way rally right there. It's something that the league needs. But, Matt, on on your side, you have the burgeoning uh, powerhouse in the Blackhawks. Kyle, uh, uh, Kyle Caldwell is going to be their quarterback. They have that run game looking to work. How strong do you see them next year? We'll wait. We'll wait for Matt to come back. But Gene, with some of these teams that are my bad, Tim. I oh. keep I hit the mute button. I'm sorry. That's all right. The Blackhawks but, uh, have added Kyle Caldwell and a bunch of new players. How strong do you think of the threat? Uh, well, you hear somebody want to tell you how much he thinks, but um, they 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 have a strong core. They they're gonna be a tough out for anybody. You think about what they had last year. The line both uh, their line was top three in the league on the offensive side. Defense was top two, and now you you uh you throw in what a lot of people felt was a was the missing element was a was a quarterback so they you go get perennial uh all star uh as we officially call him over like a white uh white chocolate jesus um, <laughs> <laughs> uh you go get Kyle who it takes everything in the world to rattle him and Added with the people he got, Kyle, Kyle does a good job of making people around him better. Then you got a defense led by J-Rob and Corey with West and, and Bruce still coming back and Twin coming back. And Darius Page clogging up the middle. And it is, uh, it's like, man, pick your poison. Can, can you stand with them for 60 minutes? And that's that's gonna be um that's gonna be the thing because I've talked to Kyle a few times and what a lot of folks don't know, Kyle has a big chip on his shoulder about those two championship losses. And if they get a few other people that they're talking about coming over, the black mm-hmm. black holes are not gonna be somebody you really wanna see on your schedule. Because I think that that loss, actually, the, the loss they had in the conference championship to the Cobras probably woke them up because they had a 20 to 6 lead and they they should have been right. smashing the Cobras. If not for, I hate to keep harping on this, that play calling. Play calling, that's, that's what killed them. I mean, they should have gotten to the championship, but now they're here. Gene, before we go, what is one thing? Who is one quarterback this year that you wanted to smash? Just just seek, catch him on the field, and drive him to the ground. Who's one quarterback that you want to hit hard? That Sneed dude from the new Gators team. Ooh, I man, can't the, wait to, I think his name is Sneed or something. Yeah. When, when we played him, I'm trying to punish him every play. I don't care if, I, if he gets the ball off. I'm smashing him every chance I get. Take your, take your one penalty. Take your one penalty. <laughs> oh, I'm going to let him know. I'm going to show him what I meant by his O-line is trash. And no one will take things too personal, but the way they were just talking and the someone saying they was a fan, I can't wait to just prove them wrong. And I'm aiming, like, this is a game I want to, like, break the single game sack record. I'm trying to get, like, 10 sacks in this, man, if I can. 
I'm smacking him every chance I get. He may not try to run the ball. If I think he's trying to run like a, a quarterback run, an option play, I'm smacking him all game. Now, Cedric, the only I think a, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the game is going to be uh, very physical. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they, the way they, made they came in. Now, the, the last quote I'll read is from Cedric. He said, football is football to him. He's been a coach since he stopped playing, and he wants to he wants to inspire his team to be the best they can be. He said he he said he will always have respect on the field and off, and it's how they build team chemistry. I, I mean, him, I I agree with his statements because he seemed from what I've read on the level, his players are writing checks right now. Now, bef- now, before we get out of here, I'd like to thank Gene and I'd like to thank Matt for joining us this week. Hopefully we get somebody on from the Central Florida Gators in the next couple of weeks. But, fellas, as always, thank you for joining me. Appreciate it for having me. Hey, always a good time. Hey, Terry, we got to get somebody from the Phantoms, too. Yes, that will, yes. We need to get somebody from the Phantoms. I have questions about them. But... Now, now I'm gonna go ahead and tell you like this. From what I know about them in the past, that's mm-hmm. gonna be a dark horse. Mm. They're definitely gonna be a dark horse. If they if they see what they've been in the past, they're gonna be a dark horse. And not the storm. Nah. <laughs> storm. <laughs> the storm. <laughs> look, this, this is a friendly banter. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the storm come on come on with it. I'm uh throw a little salt on the rival. See. <laughs> You're trying to make people mad right now, man. No, but I, I definitely yeah. am curious to see how this is going to be. But I want to thank y'all for joining us. This has been another episode of Under the Helmet. Fellas, as always, thank you and good night. Good night.